48K News. It's 11 o'clock. I'm Todd Harding. Tonight's headlines. Health officials say they think the COVID epidemic is on a steady and slow decline. As government advisers agree, it's safe to continue relaxing social distancing restrictions. And a facial recognition function is to be removed from an updated version of the Leave Home Safe app. Health authorities have reported a slight increase in new COVID-19 infections, but say the local epidemic remains on a steady and slow decline. They recorded 313 new cases today, up from 290 yesterday. Three more people infected with COVID have died, including a 59-year-old man who was found unconscious in his isolation room at the Penny's Bay facility. He was declared dead after he was rushed to hospital. Dr Larry Lee from the hospital authority says the patient suffered from chronic illnesses. If patients went to the Penis Bay isolation facility and their health conditions changed, with medics on site unable to handle the situation, we would transfer the patient to nearby community treatment facilities or hospitals. But the hospital authority isn't involved in deciding which patients get sent to community isolation facilities. If relevant government departments think the HA can provide assessments going forward, we're willing to cooperate. Medical experts say the government's plan to further ease COVID rules is safe as infections drop and more people get vaccinated. Speaking on a radio programme, an advisor on the government's COVID strategy, David Hoy, said the introduction of the vaccine pass has lowered the infection risks of people dining out, adding that many restaurants have improved their ventilation by installing high-efficiency air purifiers. Microbiologist Ho-Pak Leung from the University of Hong Kong agrees the relaxation would probably not have a big impact on the city's epidemic situation. He said the city is lagging behind other places in terms of bringing life back to normal. We should catch up and I hope the new government will do better in terms of boosting vaccination and putting in place targeted anti-epidemic measures so life can return to normal sooner. A senior government IT official has said he finds it strange the Leave Home Safe app has a facial recognition function, but insisted it has never been activated. Following a report by the local news agency Factwire yesterday, the government's IT arm admitted the Android version of the app is capable of facial recognition, and the iPhone version probably is too. Speaking on commercial radio, IT official Tony Wong said the government never asked for the function. He says the contractor had told his office the app included facial recognition as an available function. He said it would be removed in an update. We have reason to believe phones on different operating systems are also equipped with a similar code to operate the camera. We have asked the contractor to check the codes in the module thoroughly to find out and remove those that are not needed. However, since there are some 7 million people using the app every day, we should not affect the normal operation of the mobile app as we remove the function. The ICAC reported an 18% increase in complaints last year from 2020 and says that was more likely a reflection of a recovery in economic activity than a sign of a more corrupt society. The anti-graft body also says there was a 31% jump in complaints regarding the private sector. ICAC Commissioner Simon Pei says insurance was one industry causing concern. We will try very hard not only on law enforcement but also we have to strengthen our education work, our publicity work and also we have a look into the procedures of public individual 
uh, insurance company or uh, industry as a whole how to prevent. There must be some loopholes uh, here and there so that um, people can make use of these loopholes to commit uh, crime. A man has been given a suspended prison sentence after admitting to posting and sharing two online messages calling on others to cast invalid votes in last year's LegCo polls. The 57-year-old man who pleaded guilty at West Kowloon Magistrates Court is the third person convicted of inciting others to cast blank votes in elections. A magistrate called the offences serious and sentenced the defendant to two months in jail, suspended for two years, after taking into account his guilty plea. The weather forecast mainly fine with a minimum temperature of about 23 degrees. It'll be hot tomorrow with a top temperature of about 29 degrees and moderate easterly winds occasionally fresh offshore. Currently 24 degrees Celsius, humidity 76%. You're listening to RTHK. The time's exactly five minutes past 11. Shanghai's final exit from five weeks of lockdown is being delayed by COVID-19 infections persistently appearing in the community, despite the nation's strategy of isolating all positive cases and their close contacts. But the overall number of cases in the city has dropped further, while COVID-related deaths fell from 20 yesterday to 16. Natalie Ching has the details. Authorities have indicated the lockdown in Shanghai will only be lifted once community transmission reaches zero. The same path taken in northeast Jilin, where restrictions on movement and people's activities have now been gradually eased. But in China's business capital, there is still no end in sight to the strict measures to control COVID. Although the number of infections fell by around 600 from Tuesday to just under 5,000, Shanghai found 63 new cases outside areas under the strictest curbs, suggesting the city has a way to go to reach the goal of no unknown transmission chains for several days so curbs can be eased. Health authorities didn't give details of the new community transmissions beyond saying that the infections were found through testing high-risk people. After briefly hitting zero late last week, the count of these cases has bounced back to more than 50 a day this month. Despite that, Zhao Dandan, deputy head of Shanghai's health commission, insisted that control measures are proving effective as more people have come out of lockdown. But he said employees would have to stay in their workplaces under a system known as closed-loop management. Workers of different shifts are to have no contact, and they should avoid going out to prevent cross-infection. There should be staggered meal times. Workers should not congregate or have meals together. Around a tenth of Shanghai's population remained under the strictest form of lockdown as of Monday. Officials said mass testing, using both PCR and rapid antigen tests, will continue until at least Saturday. Beijing has shut dozens of metro stations and bus routes as part of its campaign to contain a nascent COVID outbreak to avoid the fate of Shanghai. Cases in the capital fell to 51 from 62 on Tuesday. The number of new local COVID-19 cases in Taiwan has hit a fresh record of 28,420. The figure topped 10,000 in New Taipei City. Health authorities on the island also reported five more deaths. Several European countries have raised doubts about the feasibility of an EU plan to stop Russian oil imports within hours of it being revealed. The European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen announced the phasing out of Russian crude and refined oil products by the end of this year. 
But at least four EU member states, all reliant on Russian oil, have called for exemptions before they approve it. President Putin's spokesman Dmitry Peskov said Moscow was considering its response and repeated that the measures would hurt the EU as much as they hurt Russia. In general, if we are talking about sanctions, the sanctions aspirations of the Americans, Europeans and other countries, this is a double-edged sword. In trying to harm us, they too have to pay a heavy price. They are already paying a big price and the cost of these sanctions for European citizens will increase every day. Mr. Peskov also dismissed speculation that Russia would declare all-out war against Ukraine on the 9th of May, the date Russia marks victory against Nazi Germany in 1945. And he denied there would be a full-scale mobilisation of military reserves and Russian citizens to replenish Russian forces lost in what President Putin has so far refused to call a war. The European Council president says the EU plans to significantly increase its military aid to Moldova, which fears being dragged into the conflict across the border. Charles Michel was speaking during a visit to the Moldovan capital, Chisinau. Our support will continue to match the scope of the challenges. First, with humanitarian aid, with mobilised financial support, second, on energy. Third, on security and defence. We will help Moldova to strengthen your resilience and to cope with the consequences of the spillover from the Russian aggression in Ukraine. Sri Lanka's finance minister Ali Sabri says the country's economic crisis has left it with just 50 million US dollars of usable foreign exchange reserves. The government is struggling to pay for imports of basic goods. The grave lack of essential supplies has triggered weeks of angry public protests in Sri Lanka. The BBC's Anbarasan Eti Rajan is in the capital, Colombo. These protesters have been on the streets for the past three weeks uh, demanding the government to step down for allegedly mismanaging the economy because the cost of living crisis is acute here. Ordinary people are being hit really hard. The prices of essentials like rice, lentils and cooking gas cylinder, they have gone up. And many people say they can't afford to have three meals a day. Instead, now they are reducing to two meals. Human Rights Watch says charges against Philippine Senator Lila de Lima, a prominent opponent of President Rodrigo Duterte, should be dropped after two witnesses withdrew their evidence against her. The BBC's Howard Johnson reports from Manila. Human Rights Watch say the charges against the 62-year-old senator are politically motivated because of her investigations into extrajudicial killings carried out under President Rodrigo Duterte's war on drugs, which has seen thousands of suspected drug users and dealers killed during police operations. Despite the retractions by two key witnesses, the Philippine Department of Justice said this week that the five-year-long case would continue because the affidavits had not been vetted or cross-examined by the authorities. The number of children in Japan is at its lowest since 1950. The Internal Affairs Ministry says there are just over 14.6 million children under the age of 14 in the country. Officials believe women have been deterred from having children because of the COVID pandemic. The BBC's Andrew Wood reports. 
the number of children in Japan has been falling for 41 years in a row. And so you're seeing a big problem here for Japan. It's not going to have enough people in the future to be able to produce potentially enough economic output in order to look after the older people in Japan. And it's not just Japan that's suffering from this problem. Former US President Donald Trump's hold over the Republican Party has passed its first big test. The candidate he backed beat a large field of contenders to win the party's nomination to run for the Senate in Ohio. The author and former Trump critic J.D. Vance had been trailing the other candidates before Mr. Trump's endorsement three weeks ago. In his victory speech, Mr. Vance said he would be fighting for big change. We are going to do battle against an establishment left that thinks that people's jobs, that think that people's values, that think that people's basic livelihoods and sense of dignity in their own country is not something worth protecting. That is the battle we're about to fight, ladies and gentlemen, and this is the team I want to go fight it with. Thank you. Mr. Vance's victory comes after a bitter and extremely expensive campaign. Democrats in Ohio also chose their candidate for the election, opting for the moderate congressman, Tim Ryan. Sport now. Liverpool are still on course for an unprecedented quadruple, despite a scare at Spanish side Villarreal in the return leg of their Champions League semi-final. Villarreal scored twice in the first half, overcoming their first leg deficit, but the visitors turned it around after the break with three goals, making it through to the final 5-2 on aggregate, to the delight of their boss Jurgen Klopp. It's always so special. It's, for me, the best club competition in the world. Respect to Villarreal. Um, in the end, we deserved it as well, and that's, that's really cool. And um, it was massive, massive from the boys. Liverpool will face either Manchester City or Real Madrid in the final. City take a 4-3 advantage to the Spanish capital for the semi-final return leg in just a few hours' time. Real boss Carlo Ancelotti says they've pinpointed Manchester City's England star Phil Foden as a key danger in the match. Well, Foden is a fantastic player, really young. Uh, I think that uh, he's doing really well. Uh, I think he's going to have a fantastic career because I think he's, he is a modern striker. He can play everywhere, uh, really fast, uh, really intelligent, really dangerous. In this moment, one of the best, best talent that uh, England has in this moment. And in the NBA playoffs, the Boston Celtics evened their second-round series against the Milwaukee Bucks with a 109-86 win in Game 2. Jalen Brown top-scored for Boston with 30 points, while Jason Tatum had 29. The Celtics were without an injured Marcus Smart, the NBA's Defensive Player of the Year, and Tatum said everyone on the team stepped up. You know, I think... The mindset and kind of our identity is, you know, especially when, you know, when somebody is out, you know, next man up and you got to be ready to, to fill in and, um, you know, the ship got to keep going. So uh, everybody got to do a little bit more. Everybody got to fight. And the Memphis Grizzlies also leveled their series with the Golden State Warriors. And that's the news and sport from RTHK. Radio Free Lady, lady, 
single version of that track by the Bee Gees, uh, excuse me, the Beach Boys didn't have the harpsichord on the front and back, but a very beautiful piece of work. You don't hear it very often, so we could class it as a radio rarity. And it was penned by Al Jardine, who was the vocalist and guitarist with the Beach Boys at the time. And Lady Linda, by the way, was his wife at the time, Linda Jardine. But then they got divorced, so they rewrote the song, and it was rewritten as Lady Liberty. Tribute to the Statue of Liberty 
interesting words dedicated to a statue. Into our second hour this Wednesday night, dying embers thereof, Thursday morning just around the corner.